0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into episode twenty-four of the Pegasus Podcast, presented by Night Sports Now. I am Bailey Adams, and I'm joined, as always, by Christian Simmons. You can find us on Twitter at Bailey J twenty-two at by C A Simmons, and throw us a follow at Night Sports Now while you're there. Christian, what's up, man? How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. It's been a very, very weird day watching a bunch of
1: college athletes make lots of money off of random things. I mean, it's it. For the record, I I am like. So pro NIL, I, I'm really glad it's something that's happening, but like seeing it in action, it's just been a very surreal day. Like watching Mackenzie Milton do autograph signings at Hill House or (laughs) Bo Nix is endorsed by a sweet tea company and Alabama fans are pouring the sweet tea down their drain because they're so (laughs) upset about it. It's it's just, it's been a day. And of course, Dylan Gabriel and dedicated to greatness, I think has been the most UCF one that we've seen. The
0: whole, the whole thing. Yeah. And I mean, to be clear, I'm also for it. I think it's, it's a good thing, but it just, the whole thing is so absurd. Like, I don't know. I don't, I didn't really like read too much into like what the rules are or any, or any of this. Like, I guess we're just going to talk about this a little bit now, but we'll get on some more of it later. But I didn't really read too much into what, like what it was going to be like. And I didn't realize that once it started today, it was just going to be a free for all. Like it was just going to be like, okay, here's just all this stuff's going to happen. And then everyone just kind of going crazy. And I'm like, okay, I can't follow any of this, but well, sure. the thing
1: is, everyone was like, oh, we're going to regulate it.
0: Like when it happens, we regulate
1: it. And some of those things where now that it started, I'm like, how could you possibly have expected <laughs> to regulate this? Like there is no way to do it. Like it's 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 crazy, but it'll also work itself out. I know a lot of people have like that fear that they're like, oh, this is the end of college athletics, which I don't understand that. But and then they're like, oh, now, you know, it's like which one thing a lot of people say is like, oh, you know, now the like big time, rich schools with the big boosters. They'll just buy recruits and they'll have way more talent than everybody else. And I'm like, wow, a world where three or four teams have all the talent. I don't know what that would look like. Certainly isn't what college football has been like for the last decade and a half. It's
0: it's not like it's happening anyway or anything. Yeah. At least now
1: they make some money along the way.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it's a crazy thing. And, and yeah, it's, it's very interesting. And I'm surprised, I guess Dabo Sweeney was supposed to quit. Wasn't he? And, and the big 10 was supposed to drop to division three. Wait, still waiting on that to happen. Um, Any minute now, who
1: knows? We're recording this Thursday night. Maybe by Friday morning, Ohio State will be gearing up for <laughs> uh games against like I don't know. I I, can I was gonna say, can you name a
0: division three school? But like
1: West Florida, are they D2 or D3?
0: I think they're D2, but I don't, I really don't know.
1: Well, maybe Ohio State can settle for D2. Who knows? We'll see.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about uh NIL later and c- kind of just read some responses and talk about a tweet that Christian had regarding past UCF athletes and who would have benefited the most from from this whole change. But before we get to that, uh, our big topic of today in episode 24 is the state of UCF's rivalries. We've kind of been wanting to do this one for a while. Christian has some thoughts and opinions on it. Yeah, as, I do. And I don't know if you're shocked to know that, but Christian, <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about the war on I-4 and the idea of, of does UCF need USF? And, and the whole state of what the war on i4 is like right now and then we'll get on to some of the secondary rivals that ucf has um a cincinnati uh, to name one and then we'll talk about memphis a little bit as well um but we'll we'll go ahead and dive right into the war on i4 christian ucf and usf it's been it hasn't been the rivalry that i think everyone wants it to be and i don't really know like what what the state of it is right now i think oh if, if you kind of divide it into two the football rivalry right now is so weak because UCF's just really good and USF's really bad on all the other sports especially this year it seems like it's stronger than ever
1: yeah and i one of the reasons i want to talk about this for a long time is i have i feel like i have a very different viewpoint than most UCF fans on this topic i know unusual <laughs> and um, it's something i've tweeted about before and talked about with people before is like i like UCF fans are kind of reveling in how bad USF has been. I mean, UCF beaten USF, what, four years in a row now in football? Um, This year will, barring the season just playing out very differently than we're expecting, I think we're probably going to see five in a row here. And while there have been good games in the other sports and USF's won some of them, UCF still just runs away with the War on I-4 trophy every year. I mean, it's it's honestly, it's gotten to the point where it's just a super, super weak rivalry. And it's unfortunate because just, I, I mean, UCF and USF have hated each other as long as they've existed. And, we just haven't really had a point where they've both been relevant at the same time. I mean, USF was quote unquote relevant in the big East in the season where they got up to number two, they did. A, they never finished strong, but they did have a solid four or five year stretch there where they were a regular top 25 team. And at that point, UCF was in conference USA, really only had like one good year in that period. And in that year, USF beat them by like 50. Cause again, it was just the talent levels insane. and I'd hoped as a UCF fan growing up and is now a UCF alum, I'd hoped that when they joined the same conference, this would finally become like, an Ohio State-Michigan or, like, Texas-Oklahoma-level rivalry. And instead, USF was just horrible for the first few years of the AAC. And then UCF collapsed, and then USF got good. Like, they they just can't match up. And I guess what I want to talk about is, like, are we okay with that as fans? Because I feel like UCF has a lot to benefit from having a strong rival, a lot more to benefit from just ending the regular season every year with a three-point win
0: yeah and i would agree i think there's there's so much about it that could be it's a, it's a natural rivalry and there, there's a history to it you know it's not a long history like some of the other ones but there's a history to it and it just makes sense it was it's there's no ucf uconn where they just manufactured it one side it, one side did anyway but it's just it, it could be the flagship rivalry of the conference and i i guess you could say it is still but it's, it's a kind of a weak flagship rivalry to have. So I think the AAC could definitely benefit from a stronger rivalry. And yeah, I think there's in a lot of ways UCF could as well, because yeah, it's, if you saw it in 2017, the 2017 game is that game that people go back to. And if, if there were, if there were games, not like every year, that's not going to, that game's never going to happen again, the way it happened, but just if there were exciting, like thrilling games like that every year, it would be way better. I think for both sides and for the conference, and just the way it is right now, it's just essentially, yeah, there's like the, the talk on Twitter and everything, and, you know, there's the trophy attached to the game, but that game really is essentially just another game for UCF.
1: But that's really what got me on it was that 2017 game, because that game was crazy. I mean, I feel like anyone, almost any UCF fan would agree that was the best game in UCF history, not one of the three near Six Bowls, not one of the many conference championships. That game against USF is the game that I think we all hold so dear. And that game was huge nationally. I think ESPN ranked it as like the third best game of the year. Mm-hmm. It was watched by a ton of people. It showed the potential of this rivalry.
0: It was behind and only like the, the two two of the playoff games. The that two you
1: playoff games. It was behind yeah. it was behind the championship game between Alabama and Georgia, which went to mm-hmm. overtime, and behind the uh Rose Bowl of Georgia and Oklahoma that also went to overtime. Yeah. It was just an amazing game. And in the twelve-team era, if you go ahead a little bit, that would have essentially been like a play-in game for a playoff spot. I mean, can you imagine the stakes there? And I, I want to bring up something else because the main thing I see two main arguments against me when I talk about that. I wish USF wasn't a dumpster fire program. I wish that they were. I do. I genuinely yeah, wish no. they were at UCF's level. And the two arguments I always get against me by UCF fans are one, no, they're stupid. They kept <laughs> us out of. They kept us out of the Big East they they talk down to us and it's it's payback time. And I'm like, okay, it's it's been five years of payback. Like, how much payback time do we need? And the other one with like slightly more merit is which at least it like is sense it has sense to it and isn't just no, I hate USF, is why would we want another group of five Florida team in our conference doing better and recruiting against us? And is, I get yeah. that, I, I get that one. But a couple of things. First off, USF doesn't even have like facilities. So I don't think that's like a big issue, even if they get better. I hope they build facilities, but I, I looked it up and since they've been in the same conference, UCF on average has finished 3.1 in the American. So they've been about third in recruiting each year. USF has finished right about fourth each year. So it's not like there's some, they're already recruiting about equally. Like I, I like, so I don't, I, it, so when people are like, oh, USF will rise up and recruit like UCF, it's like they already recruit the same. I mean, you'll see how it goes this year. Cause now UCF's like jumping up with how my been recruiting but like so i don't get that take that like oh well if you if usf gets good they'll still recruit from us it's like they already recruit about the same and it doesn't make sense to me but you see recruits pick UCF yeah. over usf you see recruits pick usf over ucf that's just part of both being in florida i, I that's a weird reason for me to be like yeah i hope our rivalry games are never interesting because i don't want this other team to recruit i don't get that
0: yeah and then when you said that i think on the surface it was like okay, oh, yeah i get that but also when you bring in the, like the recruiting rankings and the numbers into it, it's, it's clear. And it just, even if you think just any given recruit that has a lot of, a lot of times you'll see, like you said, you'll see USF recruits. They'll have, have UCF offers or UCF recruits. They'll have USF offers. I think even two of the ones we had last week, probably both had USF offers. Yeah. So, Pretty much every
1: guy that either school gets has an offer from the other because it's the same pool of players yeah. most of the time.
0: And they're recruiting floor. They're recruiting. Uh, yeah. Like you said, it's going to be a little bit different this year with Malzahn, but essentially for the last little while it's been the the three stars and like the guys that aren't quite at the level of being recruited by miami florida and florida state it's really down to usf or ucf recruiting sometimes fau but not even really you know it's it's been down to those two programs for those like kind of let. not i don't want to call them leftover guys and don't want to diminish like the talent they are but essentially but it's, not it's, highly it's, sought after not right. guys that are you know Right. And so the guys that
1: there are basically the level is like the cutoff is
0: the guys that there isn't necessarily out of state influence on them as well. I feel right. And, and it's essentially, you know, like you, like you said, it's they're recruiting at similar levels already. And I think the, the idea of maybe it's, it's USF has a little bit of a stronger recruiting pitch if they're better, obviously, but you kind of get, take the trade off of UCF having a strong rivalry, having, you know, this, this game, I don't know how much, I don't know. I'm not, I've never been a recruit, so I don't know how much stock recruits put into rivalry games. But if you just kind of say, oh, you know, UCF, UCF, USF, like this big game at the end of the year, like come be a part of this. I don't know if that's a pitch that they'd ever use. But still, like it's just to have that game on your schedule. It's another big game. And I think a lot of times players want to play in big games. And right now, the war on I-4 isn't a big game.
1: Yeah, I don't see the advantage of having a dumb rivalry game. like uh, and you can see that from for most of our childhoods and into adulthood a little bit like Florida State, Florida was like a marquee game. Like that was the game you watched at the end of the season. I mean, that was always a huge game. And since Florida State's been down, like, I don't, no one cares about that game. No one watches it. There's no hype for it. Florida's more focused on like Georgia and stuff. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't know how you see that. And you're like, yeah, I'm glad that's where UCF is at with its rivalry. I'm glad that you, I I mean, yeah, I'd rather UCF be up and USF be down than the other way around. We've seen the other way around. It's annoying, but I, I, I just, I don't get, I don't know, I, I understand, like, I just, I guess I've, I've never understood the whole, like, yeah, you hate your rival, but I'd rather my rival do well enough for there to be stakes there than to me hate my rival so passionately that I just want to live in a world where they're never, ever good.
0: Yeah, because at this point, it's just, like, there's there's hate there because of, like, the history and just almost for the sake of hating them, but other than, like, you know, the minority of people on Twitter, like, what reason lately... It's it football, especially has USF given for for them to be hated. Like it's just there's not really much animosity. There's no like like you said the stakes aren't there, and so it's it's not quite you know they Yeah, yes, they're the rival. They're they're always been the rival, but like there's no stakes, and when there's no stakes, you know it's it just loses all feeling. It just loses like I remember. I think 2018 going into the 2018 game, there was a little bit of hype around it after 2017 like oh what's gonna happen this year but I think that by that point USF had already fallen off they were down like that year five right USF started started the year seven and oh right and by that point they were seven and four they were
1: seven and four going into that game they lost four in a row so it had like lost a lot of hype and UCF was expected then of course that game took on that yeah totally became a different thing because then Mackenzie Milton got hurt but no, and, and then like but, so that game we were already expecting even to win by a lot. Yeah, and even on the expecting field, twenty expected win by, a lot, expecting win by and a
0: lot. That's what I'm trying to think is is 2019 going into the 2019 game, I didn't really like. It was really just going to another UCF game. It really yeah. wasn't like, oh, I can't wait. Like the one I four is gonna be great. Like I knew going into that game, it wasn't gonna be competitive, and it would be over by the third quarter. And it was at no, that point seven UCF that year.
1: had clinched a conference title appearance, and it was and that weekend UCF was finding out if it was
0: Houston or Memphis they were gonna play. Well, that was 2018. i talking about 2019.
1: Oh, you're talking about 2019. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. twenty. No, 2019, USF was horrible.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We no, went no, into no that one, game yeah. and there was no, like, I knew it would be over by the third quarter. 2018, even a little bit. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it was at that point, UCF was already going to be playing in the conference championship the next week anyway. But 2019, it was like the last game of the regular season. You know, it's supposed to be, even if you're not in the conference championship, it's supposed to be, oh, rivalry week. It's supposed to have meaning to it. And going into that game, it was just like, oh yeah, I'm showing up to the stadium expecting just you know we'll see some touchdowns and but get out of here pretty soon
1: here's the thing even with that that was still ucf's highest highest attended game that year they had like two thousand people over capacity and really yeah they had more people for that game than they did for stanford that year
0: That's and absurd
1: that and i guess some people come out and say ah see the rivalry is strong my thing is just like if you're packing the stadium for usf because it's a rival it's like imagine how much more exciting that is if that game has stakes i mean that game was like and UCF wasn't like amazing that year. I think they were eight and three going into that game. Yeah. But even if USF had been in that realm, but of course USF should have another garbage year and it's just, it just wasn't exciting. Same with 2020. I just, I, I don't, I would really, I think that the AAC even, because you mentioned it's the premier rivalry in the AAC or you said you think it is. It absolutely is. Oresco has said so. He's talked about that.
0: I just couldn't you know, think of another one, really.
1: There isn't, there yeah. isn't another one. There is no other AAC rivalry. Cincinnati and Memphis kind of don't like each other. SMU and Houston are both in Texas. That's like, that's <laughs> literally, this. Yeah. it's the only true rivalry. And Oresco has talked about at length how it would benefit the conference for, for those teams to both be good. Like, I think the most healthy American is an American where UCF and USF on a regular or on an annual basis are competing for spots in the conference title game. Now, I know UCF fans might not like that because UCF's not going to win every game, but I still think that's more beneficial to UCF's brand long term. Because you're going to have, I mean, if, if UCF a staple on rivalry weekend, if that's a game people are going to watch and not a game you flip to while Ohio state Michigan's in halftime, then that would be a huge benefit for both schools and yeah, it benefits USF too, but it ben- I think it's worth it for how much it changes UCF.
0: I think so. But I just think the, some of the pushback too is that UCF has elevated itself to such a level that they don't even really want like that game to matter. I guess I don't Which know I, I feel like it's remarkable. just like oh we're so far and above USF it's just like oh that's just another win we have bigger things on our mind but yeah and that's want, what USF said rivalry.
1: in the like, mid 2000s yeah that's exactly that's when they canceled the rivalry with UCF and said we're gonna go be rivals with Miami and well <laughs> would you look at that I, I, that has to be younger UCF fans to me because I just know UCF fan who watched USF do that to UCF and then crash back down to earth right. should be staying like oh, UCF's left USF behind. That's never going to change. It's like college football is constantly shifting. Like you were just asking for trouble. Yeah. See the UCF, they're still in the same conference. They still compete for the same players. They still compete for the same trophies. That It's not like USF's just going to be down forever. And for some reason, they don't believe they need a stadium. I still don't understand that. But they are they are building a football facility. They're trying to improve their facilities and get better and have more to offer recruits. I mean, they are getting better. It's a really stupid thing to just right now be like, ah, oh, UCF doesn't need... Yeah. But I feel like this is a natural transition. This conversation, because for the people who are saying, "Oh, UCF doesn't need USF," you always need a rival. Everything's better when you have a rival. I always feel it's bad for more teams fun. that don't have rivals. Like I always think about Miami. You know, like I guess who's Miami's Miami's big rival? Florida State, Florida presumably. State, I guess. But Florida, Florida State's
0: State. bigger rivals with Florida. So yeah, Miami is not Florida assume. State's big rival.
1: Yeah, yeah. You, no, you get you get to every. Um, rivalry weekend and Miami is just playing Duke or somebody. I mean, yeah. that, that sucks not having a rival. So who is UCF's new rival? Is, is Cincinnati a rival? Is Memphis a rival? Let's talk about that. Cause I, I, uh, it's interesting to me how I don't necessarily agree with either.
0: Yeah. And I think the thing, like you said, every team should have a rival. It's, it's more fun. That's what college, I think that's a lot of times what college does so well is that these, these rivalries are on such a different level than anything. And if you just compare other football to football, Compared right. to rivalries in the NFL, like, there aren't too many, you know, other than the ones that date back forever, there aren't too many that are, like, serious rivalries. There's division rivalries, sure, but...
1: Which even just... then, like, a big NFL like like, Packers-Bears or something, yeah. like,
0: uh, it still doesn't have anywhere near the intensity
1: of a college <laughs> right. rivalry. It's just kind of like, ah, oh, right. a rival.
0: <laughs> right, and so, like, just going back a little bit to what you said, like, when 2019 was such a highly uh, attended UCF home game against USF, I remember specifically, like, there, I don't remember them be, there being a lot of USF fans that made the trip.
1: Correct. For which game?
0: I, for the 2019 game.
1: I think there were some, but it wasn't. There were like, some, but it wasn't. It's like honestly the, been it wasn't the other like 2017. way. Like in 18, UCF got like 20,000 fans to USF's game. They had like 50 yeah. something thousand. And that's
0: the thing is, like, if USF was better, the atmospheres for those games would be so. Would be like, like the 2017 game, there was a lot of USF fans in that little corner over there, and it was fun. <laughs> And if that
1: 2017 game was at USF, I think they could have sold out Raymond
0: James. I I yeah, I don't disagree. I was going to just say that 2018, you know, UCF was obviously still very good and was about to play in the conference championship game, but if USF was any good and that game had stakes, I think that cuz like you said, USF or UCF had what 20,000 People come to to Raymond James Stadium, and USF had what maybe I
1: I, I pulled that number out of nowhere. I'm estimating yeah, no, I'm USF general. averaged low
0: thirties that year, and that yeah. one was like fifty
1: three. So I assume that I unless a lot of USF, I'd assume probably about fifty twenty thousand. There was SCF not fifty three thousand people
0: there um, at that game. <laughs> but I'm just saying been. it was it was UCF fans outweighing USF fans by a pretty decent margin in 2018. And just say if that game had stakes, and oh, USF it was fifty seven thousand. There's no Sorry. chance there was fifty seven thousand people there yeah probably not <laughs> there's no way but just in general like if usf was good going into that game that the atmosphere cuz yeah i don't remember the atmosphere being that great for that game other than just oh there's a lot of ucf fans here ucf I, kind of took over the stadium
1: i don't know because milton got hurt pretty early and that, that is really
0: that, that, sa- is, that
1: it was a very low energy game but i it it was mostly that like people were just like people were know. crying in the stands
0: yeah i know i, I that, that game is probably a bad example but just in general I don't remember there being, I don't know. There just wasn't a lot of buzz early in the game either. No, and because was, UCF was like, like, it wasn't a game that anyone thought UCF was going to
1: lose. They yeah. were just going to like, I mean, I'm trying to think back to when, like, I mean, like I'm looking at like 2014 UCF was good. That was another year. UCF was good. They won the conference that year. USF was not good. They was got, there 16 were
0: 16 th- to three games or something like that. It was, uh, it was
1: 16 to nothing. I was 16 to nothing. That's right. Great game. And uh, they got, that was at USF, they got 37,000 people to it. Um, yeah. And then 2016, which again, USF had its best season ever in 2016. So of course, UCF is coming off 0-12. Uh, they again got 36,000 people to the game. So there's just, there's not interest from USF side if UCF isn't good. And I think part of that is just because UCF fans aren't going to bother to travel to watch a team that isn't that good, you know, their team yeah. to play,
0: but you know, I, we got off topic actually, because I thought we were going to move into
1: Cincinnati Memphis now. I realized we're still talking yeah.
0: about USF. <laughs> I kind of just steered us back just because I don't know. I, I just wanted to make that point about the because tw- the 2019 atmosphere, like I said, was very much. We knew UCF was going to go into that game and just steamroll USF. And it, yeah, it was exciting for, for what it was early in the game, but the, the atmosphere just kind of died off by the end and was just like, okay, yeah, this is what we expected to happen. Right. But if, if, usf's good and more usf fans travel to that game and it's a competitive game we get another atmosphere like 2017 like the fact that because 2017 i thought was going to be like oh this is the start of like this is going to happen a lot like it's going to be every yeah, year it Not felt necessarily that way like the, the same level of like intensity of that game but just it felt like this is this is what the rivalry could be and both teams we were on top of the world yeah. i mean and we haven't gotten anything close to it since 2017. Not even close. And Which that's mostly seem... USF's fault because UCF's yeah. had two no, more is. good years in there and USF hasn't. is. And it doesn't seem like we're that much closer to even getting it back. Like, I don't know. You'd like to think that Jeff Scott would probably get them on the right track eventually, but I don't think it's going to be this year. Is it going to be next well, year? Well, you look at I this know. year and we'll see how UCF is. I mean, I,
1: I'm still stuck with my 10 and two prediction, but I mean, USF, their take is like, golly gee, it would be great if we won five games this year. <laughs> so I'm not expecting a good game. Yeah, but... No, I... <laughs> I I guess the other two. So so let's talk about Cincinnati Memphis, because those are the only other teams that I feel like anyone that UCF has competitive games with, I guess is how you would phrase that. And I want to give Memphis first. Those aren't competitive. Um, (laughs) I want to do Memphis first here because UCF has played like multiple amazing games with Memphis over a span of like five years now. I mean, 2017, the conference championship game was a freaking classic game. That was one of the best games of the year. 18, they had two amazing games. The first one was UCF winning by a point with that Milton touchdown. We'll never forget where he's flipping through the air like a freaking <laughs> fidget spinner. And then we had the conference championship game after that, which was Daryl Max stepping in for Milton. UCF goes down by three scores and then roars back to win. And then this past they didn't play in 2019. And then this past season, you have the I know UCF fans don't remember it, but another amazing game that came down to the wire. And for all those amazing games, I just don't feel like Memphis is a rival. I've just never – I don't, like, have ill will towards Memphis fans. I don't get riled up for that game. I, I, do you disagree?
0: No, I don't. I don't disagree. It's just – I don't know. It's weird. It's, like, they play fun games, and it's, it's just, like, fun football. It's not really, like, fun, like – hate-filled football it's just exactly. like this is fun like I it's don't just know. fun
1: and it's, it's not like memphis is a, a, like achieving less memphis went to the cotton bowl two years ago yeah. memphis is, had played for three straight conference titles and won one i mean they've been achieving almost as well as UCF has
0: yeah and i don't know if how much of it goes back to because i mean i think with the all-time records like what 13 to 2 now or something like that because memphis's win yeah. in 2020 was like the first since like the 90s i think
1: yeah which and, i guess that could have dampened it a little bit but also like Memphis finally beat UCF. And I don't think any UCF fans were like, it's a rivalry now. No, it was, no, it was like, like yeah, that's it too was bad. more about,
0: it was more about UCF losing than it actually being like, Oh, UCF lost to Memphis. It, it and just, that's
1: not it, me taking away from Memphis. Like I'm not saying like UCF fans reactions were like, Oh, whatever. We like but it would just, right. it didn't, it didn't generate ill will towards Memphis is what I'm trying to
0: say. Right. There's just nothing there. And I don't know. I don't really know. I don't know why. It's yeah. Weird. I don't either. It's, but I just, I, it's weird. Yeah. If you go back to 2017, there was the, the regular season game wasn't close. It was forty to thirteen, I think, right? Yeah, it was a block and to UCF. It was it came in that game, I think, had a lot of hype around it because Memphis was really good that year. And Memphis even had just been be UCLA year, and they were in the top twenty five. In yeah, the beginning of that year, they close were being looked at as as one of the better teams. And obviously they went on to only lose to UCF that year until the they lost the bowl game too, didn't they? Yep, to Iowa State in the Liberty <laughs> Bowl. Why yeah, do I remember just, that off the top of
1: my head? Don't know.
0: But just like so there was that game and that game kind of ended up getting thrown away because you go into the conference championship game in front of a packed stadium and play a double overtime classic and amazing you know, game. Yeah. Then you go into the 2018 regular season game, another one point win on the road. Memphis is, I think for that game, Memphis felt like they were, I don't know, maybe because it was so one sided, but it. It felt like on the Memphis side of things, they were more like, this is like huge for us, blah, blah, blah. Like we have to get revenge on UCF for the conference championship game. Then UCF won. Then they go to the 2018 game. And I think even again, the Milton's injury kind of had in the lead up to that game. I remember Norvell like presented him with like a ball signed by the Memphis team. And like, it's just hard to like hate Memphis after that. I mean, I never disliked Memphis.
1: I mean, maybe Memphis, but even Memphis fans like, okay, 2018, that should have been a huge, huge game, obviously UCF. And they got 38,000 people, which is just more or less on par for what they get to their game. Yeah.
0: And so and yeah, I just it just hasn't gotten to the point where it's like there's a lot of there's a lot of animosity. It's just it's just kind of like yeah, this is gonna be a good game probably. These are two good programs and good teams, but there's not much to it. And that's where I feel like there's a little bit more with Cincinnati and I wonder if it's just because UCF has gotten like has fallen in the last what two games now three games um, two two games. I wonder if it's just if it's just that fact that there's you know Cincinnati feels like they've taken the the mantle or they've taken the torch in the AAC when they not they haven't necessarily done that. So I think that's where there's a little bit more of a back and forth specifically on Twitter I guess but more so just there's more stakes it feels like. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it feels like there's a little bit more with Cincinnati.
1: So that's why it's weird to me because First off, of just closing out Memphis, we do not we not, do not give UCF enough credit that Memphis is a very good program, and UCF beat them four times
0: in a two year span. I don't think people yeah. realize how difficult that is to do with anything.
1: <laughs> it's difficult to beat USF in with with a, with a good coach too. A, year a
0: good coach, a, a good coach, good solid like core of, of talent. It was I don't know how that happened. It really just speaks a lot to I think how good UCF was in 2017
1: and 18. Those teams, Mackenzie Milton was just unstoppable as a quarterback. But anyway, Cincinnati, yes, I don't like Cincinnati. I really don't like Cincinnati. And I feel like the vast majority of UCF UCF fans really don't like Cincinnati. And I feel like Cincinnati fans really don't like UCF. We talked about Cincinnati released their game day themes for other home games this year. And it was like, <laughs> literally every game is like military appreciation game or like student night or homecoming, like some cool theme. And then the UCF game is the only one. It's just in bold, the UCF game. Like that is their big game. So yeah. I guess that, is a rivalry. I guess I I don't know. I guess I would feel comfortable saying that now because it's also like Cincinnati and UCF both concurrently believe at the moment that they run the conference. Sure. And I think that really plays into it. I well, what do you disagree?
0: i I just I don't I still don't think Cincinnati's success has been sustained enough. But
1: I sure. mean they've had three top 25 years in a row. They've been to yeah. the conference title game in all three of those years. They've won it once, they've been to the peach bowl.
0: Wait, so I, three years?
1: Yeah. No.
0: 2019 and 20. I'm
1: a liar. No, no, no. 19 to 20. You're right. You're
0: absolutely yeah. right. So, I mean, I, yeah, they, they made it a... in
1: 19 and lost. But in 18, they were good. In 18, they finished yeah. the top 25.
0: Yeah, but I'm just thinking, I don't know. I'm just thinking from the UCF standpoint of, yeah. The, so if you want to say, compare the two years, 2017 and 18, and then Memphis or uh, Cincinnati's 19 and 20, UCF won the conference championship game both times and went to New Year's Six bowl games in both years. Oh, yeah. And one, and then they have another New Year's
1: Six win a few years before that. No, and they're not Cincinnati, at UCF
0: level. Yeah. Then Cincinnati finally gets to the New Year Six and they lose. So, but I
1: think part of the problem, though, is that like Cincinnati, it's the whole, it's the next UCF syndrome type thing. Like they they yeah. think that their success is sustained now because that's what UCF did, even though it's not that simple. Right. But anyway, I still have the one hold up for this being a legit rivalry for me. While well, I acknowledge those programs don't like each other and I acknowledge they both are going to be good around the same time and happen. is they, like, we just talked about how Memphis had these great games. UCF and Cincinnati haven't played a great game against each other. Nope. Like ever. I mean, you go, I literally was starting from when they were both relevant. I mean, UCF first took off in 2017. Cincinnati was still really bad that year. So UCF just blew them out of the water. Is that was a game
0: that ended early, right? And they scored on every possession.
1: UCF scored every possession. They scored 50 something points through. They didn't even play a fourth quarter. UCF had 50 something points. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, but we're not going to like, I'm not going to trash Cincinnati for that. Cause Cincinnati, that was Luke Fickle's first year. They were really bad. So right. whatever, that's what you do. Then 2018, they were both good. That was the college game day game. UCF won 38 to 13. Wasn't, wasn't, wasn't contested.
0: For all of the, the hype and for everything around that game, that game, not the atmosphere, but the game itself was such a letdown. It wasn't a good
1: it, it was just it was UCF just did what they did to everyone else that year. Yeah, I mean it was and just that was like, built
0: up it was built up as like oh this is like a big test and they just crushed the test.
1: And it started so good because on UCF's first offensive possession, you remember Milton got sacked in the end zone. Yeah, and, uh, Cincinnati he fumbles since recovers for a touchdown, it's like, oh, this is gonna be a game. And then UCF <laughs> just bulldozed them for yeah. the next four quarters. Yeah. And then 19 and 20, Cincinnati won both games and they were both decided by three points. But just like, night, and I'm not saying this is like a bitter UCF fan. It's just neither game was very good. 2019 they were both, was just a sloppy game on both sides yeah. with a lot of turnovers. 2020 was another just kind of like, not really back and forth, just kind of low energy. And maybe part of that was the non-existent crowd, but just wasn't yeah. a very good game.
0: I would say both were ugly games and I think the 2021 did suffer. Um, 2020, yeah. Yeah. The 2020 game. Sorry. Right. Um, I, yeah. That's it suffer bad. did suffer from the lack of atmosphere. I think it, it, in a normal year, maybe it would have been, um, you know, UCF trying to play spoiler at that point, it would have been maybe a little bit better, but I still, so, I don't know if that would have really changed much about the game itself. But yeah. I mean, just but it's also like you look at,
1: game. you look at like, like the UCF, USF game in 17, there are so many memorable plays from that game, whether it's the Mike Hughes play to Yotis Anderson screen. Yeah. Quentin Flowers, just for some reason, having a receiver alone in any direction for 30 <laughs> yards. Um, Multiple and times. then the Memphis games. I mean, they're classic moments from all those games, whether it's the 90 yard screenplay and the one this past year, whether it's, you know, the overtime plays, 17, the Milton flipping through the airplay, like what the Cincinnati game this year was decided on Dylan Gabriel had a run of the mill pass to Marlon Williams that was tipped up in the air by Marlon and intercepted like that early way, in the fourth, right? Yeah. And that pretty much ended the game. And in 2019, it was kind of the same thing where that game was mostly decided on Dylan Gabriel was just as a true freshman was just sort of out of his depth and making poor throws and poor plays. Like n- none of that. Yeah, those with, aren't with like memorable Mack left moments. on the sideline just with Darren just Mack sitting on the sidelines. as Josh Heupel's like, absolutely not. I'm not going to play a quarterback. I didn't recruit. Um, <laughs> so I, yeah. And that's what's holding it up. Like if, Win or lose, if the 2021 game is like a memorable game and not just another kind of clunky game, then maybe this does get elevated to rivalry. But that's part of what, like, all of the games have just ended kind of, it's like, it's the whole, like, not with a bang, but with a whimper thing. They've all just been whippers. The ones UCF's won, the ones UCF have lost. Just none of them have been impressive games or interesting games.
0: Yeah. And that's what I was going to say, too, when we first kind of started talking about Cincinnati. And like you said, there is some level of, you know, distaste for on both sides which is why I would say this is probably in the early stages of the rivalry, because if both of these, if both these programs stay, you know, where they are right now and continue to grow and continue to be the top of the AAC, they're going to be the ones battling it out every year. Like we, we said, we wish, you know, USF and UCF would be. So if, if it's Cincinnati and UCF that are com, uh, competing for, I mean, of course you can be other ones too, but if it's th- those are two of the main ones year after year that are competing for conference championship spots, uh, playoff spots, when that comes, that becomes available, like, then it's, it's just going to naturally, I think, continue to develop into both the, you know, both of these programs are very good. And obviously there's going to be some continued um, some continued hate that builds up in between the two of them. And so that's why I think this is like the very early beginnings of what could be a a good rivalry.
1: Yeah. I mean, the other thing is like, you talk about how since that he's sort of like Cincinnati has been good now for as long as UCF was good. I mean, UCF was not good in 2020, they were good 17 through 19. They were a top 25 team. And now Cincinnati's been a top 25 team, 18 through 20. So they have been good as long as UCF has. UCF's highs have been higher, but they have been a top 25 team for around the same amount of time. So this maybe does feel like the breakthrough year where we finally get a really memorable game or at least a game that win or lose for either team is going to drum up enough hard feelings to really take this to that next level. But either way, even if that does happen, it's still just say that Cincinnati and UCF play an amazing game this year, back and forth someone wins it on the final play of the game. It's just, it's an epic game. It's still only going to feel half as amazing as it would feel
0: if that was a UCF USF game. I was just thinking too, because it's the the middle of the season. Yeah. You know, the, the, the fact that UCF USF has that spot on rivalry weekend on black Friday that has been there for several years now, that's a, that's a tough hill to overcome if, you know, if you're another team, Trying to build a rivalry with UCF. Not necessarily yeah. build. I don't want to say use the word build because that kind of gives you some Yukon vibes, but develop. Yeah, develop because a rivalry will develop, but I think it'll still feel like a secondary rivalry, more because yes, Cincinnati's good, UCF's good, that's why it's a rivalry. And less than less like there's actual history behind it, which is what there is with USF and UCF, which is again why it would feel so much better, I think, if that one was. The main rivalry, and then you still had you could still have Cincinnati as a very strong secondary rival. It would be kind of not quite the same because they're not all in the same state. But like you can have Miami, multiple rivalries. Yeah, like Look the Miami, at Ohio Florida state, state
1: and Penn State's a huge game, and then Ohio State Michigan's a huge game. Michigan Michigan State's a huge like you can have multiple yeah. rivalries.
0: And we kind of downplayed it on the on the Florida State side of things uh, earlier, but Florida State Miami is still a big, a pretty big rivalry, and then Florida Florida State's a big one. And even you know in recent years, Miami and Florida, Florida has become. I mean, not that they've played a ton, but just I feel like those fan bases hate each other. So, yeah, there, there could definitely be a point where, you know, USF gets back to where really it should be, I think. And that's a strong rivalry as your, your big rival. That's the rivalry weekend game. But then there's also, uh, you know, as Cincinnati's branding it, the UCF game or as the USCF might brand it, the Cincinnati game. It, it could just be that's your secondary big game every single year.
1: Right. Yeah, I think that. I mean, I think that's the ceiling for that game, though. Like, if you take the like part of the reason the twenty seventeen UCF USF game was so good too was like that was the not the end of the season, but pretty much the end of all your hopes and dreams for whichever team lost. Yeah, the winner was going to go to the conference championship game with a chance to win a conference title and go to New Year's Six Bowl. The loser was going to go to the Birmingham Bowl. Like that. That was. And even no matter how good UCF and, US, or UCF and Cincinnati, like even say they're both undefeated when they meet, there's still five games into the season uh, and neither yeah. team is knocked out of anything. It's just that suck. Let's regroup and get back at it next week. Uh, it, there's no like the stakes aren't there. And honestly, maybe what this takes is Cincinnati and UCF meeting twice this year. Maybe that's what does it. I mean, if they yeah. are both as good. I mean, I feel like that's the consensus Conference title matchup most people are expecting is UCF Cincinnati. We'll see if UCF can live up to its end of the deal. I didn't even consider that, honestly. Yeah, even, I mean, who, who even else in really the American like is going to – SMU, I guess, is supposed to be good, but, I mean, yeah, yeah there. it seems like – and like you said, you never know until the season starts because you never can predict, but it seems like Cincinnati and UCF are supposed to be the two best teams in the conference by a fairly decent margin.
0: Yeah, and I think that – I mean, I think obviously that would go because, one, there's already – the regular season game already has stakes because it's just, you know, a lot – a lot rides on it in terms of conference hopes in terms of, in terms of new year six hopes. But then if you get to the conference championship game and you're playing each other, obviously those stakes are even higher. And I think that that's when, you know, the stakes like that are what kind of breed. Well, well, I was going to say, that's what kind of could breed like a rivalry and breed some hate, but it, ha- it hasn't been that way with Memphis. I don't know. It's just, it's yeah, but like,
1: like we said, UCF fans and Cincinnati fans already really don't like each other. Yeah. I just
0: don't think UCF and Memphis fans feel that way. Yeah. And, and I think, like you said, I think that's kind of the ceiling, though, for this rivalry is that I think as bad as USF is and as bad as, you know, their football program's been for f- a few years now, it's, it, unless, I like, barring that game being, like, removed from Black Friday and, and the spot giving been being given to UCF Cincinnati, which just, I don't think that'll ever happen. I don't think so. Um, I don't really see that. Like, I think that's still going to be the rivalry game for UCF. It's rivalry weekend. And every year, you know, as long as USF's bad, or if, I don't know, if, if they come back and UCF has them down years, I don't know. It's just, it would be nice to have them both be on top at the same time. I know we've circled back around a little bit to the USF topic, but it would be nice to get to a point where UCF has two strong rivalry games that are big games that everybody gets up for, that, you know, recruits are there for, you know, for big recruiting visit weekends. And those are the two games you want to showcase um, as, you know, as part of the big you know part of the the flagship of the AAC like UCF likes to take on that you know they they carry the flag for the AAC in a lot of in a lot of ways and so if you have two strong rivalry games that's a good way to do that which and that's the other thing that you need too because unless UCF gets into a power
1: conference at some point which I've at length said why I don't necessarily think that's going to happen um one of the biggest obstacles UCF faces as far as fan engagement which this fan base is already huge and rabid and just loves ucf football is like i there just aren't like the majority of the conference slate just isn't interesting like playing east carolina or temple or tulane it just isn't interesting it's just not and those are teams that ucf plays pretty much every year so that uh, so yeah making up for that by having more than one big rivalry game on the schedule would be nice and, yeah. but you know, but it is what it is. I mean, that's just the reality of the co- that's part of the problem the American runs into. I know it's not just an American thing. It's all conferences the way they're built now is like conferences used to be very regional and that mm-hmm. lended itself to reveries AAC's everywhere. Like UCF doesn't have any beef with a school in Texas or, or Pennsylvania. Right. Like I just, it's not, it's, it, there's no, there's not a lot of natural animosity built into the conference.
0: Well, that point, that point made me think too. And when you talk about UCS fan base is like right now with the way things are with USF being bad and it kind of just working out this way, where UCF some some years just doesn't have a big home game or a big rivalry home games. So like, yes, the USF game's at home this year, but there's not a lot of stakes to it. There's not a lot of buzz that's going to be around it, most likely. And the Cincinnati game's on the road. Well, like, and what, so it like, would be nice if both of them were really good. You'd at least have one of those games at home every year.
1: And I think the AAC is pretty much set that way. I mean, doesn't UCF every year, USF's a home game, Cincinnati's a road game?
0: Right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So so if if both were big rivalry games, at least you'd be guaranteed to have one big rivalry home game every year. Right. Yeah. That's it is right now with USF being as bad as they are. It's just like, Oh yeah. I mean, USF games at home. That's pretty cool. But doesn't really feel like that big of a home game.
1: But the difference to me is yeah. USF doesn't feel like that big of a home game. 2019 it was still the most (laughs) attended game that year. Cincinnati when Cincinnati was bad and visited in 2016, they're, no one is, no one's at the game <laughs> like, right. it's like that doesn't when see, usf sucks people still show up to watch them when cincinnati sucks it's just, it's just another game yeah that is
0: fair and i think years down the line that might change especially. yeah especially it's just we just have to see like the
1: americans in what going into year nine is that right
0: um eight or nine yeah
1: yeah nine and in that span memphis and cincinnati and ucf have consistently been the best teams i believe the aac has given out 10 conference titles and I think UCF, Memphis, and Cincinnati are seven of them.
0: Um because yeah, what were the only other ones were Temple
1: wait. and sixteen and Houston and fifteen. Right. Every single other one's been Memphis Cincinnati or UCF. Every New <laughs> Year's six bit has been Memphis Cincinnati, and UCF, except for Houston and fifteen. I mean, they've all been to a New Year's six bowl. So mm-hmm. those are I think long term just I I mean we're almost a decade in here, and those teams, those three are consistently run the conference. So I think you'll see that continue. I don't know if USF breaks into that
0: yeah no i don't know it's it's, it's going to be interesting to see how because like you said it's it's only year year nine for the aac and it's still a very young conference so there's still time for a lot of stuff to develop but the way things are right now it's it's just hard to see a lot changing in the short term i mean long term yeah. who knows but like we said I and mean, we've been I mean, having beat it to death at this point it would be nice to have multiple rivals at you know at higher at higher levels so that it's just more fun for for the fans, it's more fun for the players. It's just, it's all around a better situation. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Yeah. And so we'll, uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but we'll go ahead and move into our, our mini topic of the uh, podcast. And with NIL now in effect, Christian tweeted out this. Uh, was it earlier on Thursday or was it last night? Your tweet. It's a good question. Oh, no, uh, it was I earlier on it was, Thursday. So earlier it was earlier on Thursday, I think it was earlier today. Yes. I <laughs> Sorry. I tweet here. a lot guys. <laughs> it's true. You do. It took me a little while to scroll down and find this tweet um but christian asked which ucf athlete would have made the most money while they were a knight if nil had existed in their era and there were some good responses and some good some different responses it wasn't all um you know unanimous or anything and i think myself i said you know a part of me wanted to say taco fall just because i think he's so marketable but then there was Mackenzie milton and shakim griffin in my mind as well and then people who were i mean i i know ucf history i, I wouldn't say that i i'm just a, a young fan but i've been around the program less and these people didn't come to mind immediately, but a really good point was Marcus Jordan. Really, really good point. Yeah. I mean, someone said, uh, this is Todd Bowers at RTB night said, when your dad is probably the epitome of profiting on his image and likeness, I'd have to go with Marcus Jordan, which that you can't put it better than that. Um, I
1: mean, UCF as a school lost an apparel deal over Marcus Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. that, That hits completely differently in the NIL era.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. It's just an interesting conversation because some of it is you go back a little bit of ways and you say, yeah, these, these certain players, but also just with the way social media is right now, I think a lot of the answers, a lot of like the the bigger answers are probably the, the recent players because of where, where social media is, you know, like yeah. these guys are, are able to take advantage of these platforms way more than, you know, a guy would use Somebody said Dante Culpepper, which, yeah, I mean, Dante Culpepper went on to the NFL was very marketable at the time, but that at that time, what kind of what kind of marketing deals were out there available? Like, what would have what would he have been able to do without the the big help of social media? You know what I mean? Yeah, you see, I didn't even like play on TV back
1: then. I know a lot of people are saying Cole Pepper,
0: and I'm I'm I, I don't think I agree. Yeah, and like, and yeah, that's the thing is there's there's been there's players that yes, because of their success, I think they would have been decently marketable, but I just don't. Yeah, without social media and without the the climate that we're in now. It's hard to say that they'd make more money than a McKenzie Milton or a Shaquem Griffin or some of the more recent UCF players. Um, another interesting point, or another interesting answer, was Donald DeLaHey. Yeah, that was the one I didn't think about, and it felt very obvious once people. <laughs> yeah, mentioned it. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. Well, especially because I also saw. I think he made a TikTok, and apparently, I think he like took credit for this entire thing. Like this all happened yeah, because of him which, which is, is just very on brand, I think,
1: but it, it's on brand and not even close to true.
0: <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it, it's still, it's a good answer. And I think just obviously we're referring to, you know, the, the former UCF kicker who had a YouTube channel, he couldn't, you know, they said he couldn't profit off of his YouTube channel anymore. And he ended up quitting or not Well, quitting is a tough word, but he ended up leaving. Um, So, yeah, I mean, that, I think that's a good answer, but I, I would, so what would you say your, your like number one answer would be? Cause it's, there's a lot of guys being thrown around, but Kind of curious.
1: It's a dumb answer because it's not creative, but I thought on it a lot. I was with you where I kind of felt like it could have been Taco Fall, to be honest. Yeah. Um. I feel like, like I sent you as a joke. I was like, yeah, I was like a fake out of like, yeah, heading to Gringos Locos after the game. Use the promo code taco for 15% off your double yeah. D taco. It's, I, it writes I mean, itself. But- yeah, it would have been super easy. But the more, I th- the more I think on it and not so much thinking on it, but seeing what's literally actually happened today, I think it's Mackenzie Milton because he has taken such dramatic steps in the last 24 hours to <laughs> literally become the national face of NIL. Yeah. You have to think that adding on to that when he was like one of the best players in college football and finishing top 10 in Heisman voting that he would have just had and was like it, I mean, by the midway point of the 2018 season, it's not an exaggeration to see that he had truly become a god in the city of Orlando. Like he, yeah. I, I, I've never seen an athlete worshiped like that to see the way he was. So I think there would have just been for someone as marketing savvy
0: as he is and
1: entrepreneurial, I think there would have been an endless supply of endorsement deals and promotions
0: for him to profit from. So I think it's McKenzie like Yeah. Again, a guy that uses social media to his advantage. And I think yeah, if I had to pick, I would probably say Mackenzie Milton, but I, the, the Marcus Jordan answer is very very good. Yep. And it's I hard guess to that would just turn out that. if
1: Michael Jordan was just like, I'm giving the entire
0: basketball team the best, and yeah, <laughs> right. then Marcus
1: Jordan quickly becomes top.
0: Right. Of the- <laughs> so yeah, definitely an interesting like kind of retrospective like conversation to have because it's it's a lot it's a lot of it's going on right now is, you know, give Reggie Bush his Heisman back, put his stats back in, you know, in the record books and just there's a lot of stuff retro retroactively everyone's like, well, if this is okay now, like you've taken some stuff away from some guys in the past. So yeah, I mean, it, it's an interesting conversation to have, um, especially with, with stuff like that going on, but. Which by a quick tangent before we move into the news. Yeah. I love when the NCAA is like,
1: Oh, you did something bad. Like, well, well you didn't win the Heisman. It's like, <laughs> the, okay, well they still did.
0: Yeah. Like, do you remember like the, I literally have on, uh, on this broadcast, like, look, I'm, I'm holding up the Heisman trophy. I was named the Heisman winner. And just like the thing when they strip national championships too, it's like, well, it, it, this whole season still happened. People can go back and watch or that
1: Or I'll go like, I'm like, oh, what was Alabama's
0: record in 2009? And
1: I look it up and it's like, oh, Alabama went 0-4 that year. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> I don't think they did. Like, yeah, I, just, I, I strongly that. disagree.
0: But yeah, it's just, it, that kind of stuff is always funny. And, and it's just like symbolic, I guess, but it, no one ever really seems to ex, ex, like respect totally it totally accept it. Yeah, it totally completely is. But uh, we'll go ahead. We'll jump into the news to, to close things out here before we get into the, the Drip U quiz sessions, but not a lot going on. Again, of course, it's, it's the start of July, and you know we'll get some more stuff coming up pretty soon, I think. But football-wise, um, you know, as of June 25th, it was announced that there were fewer than 200 lower-level season tickets left. Um, sections 124, 126, 129, and 132 were all sold out. And um, one of the reps on Twitter said that plus uh, 10 other lower level sections had fewer than six seats left. So that was like a week ago. I'm assuming, you know, there's been some sales since then. And we're we're probably getting pretty close uh, to that, that sold out threshold, which, you know, is exciting to me. Um, A couple of commitments in the last week for UCF football. One was from TJ Bullard, the linebacker from uh, Berkeley Prep in Tampa. Uh, this one was a pretty notable, just uh, his dad, Titus O'Neil, uh, real name Thaddeus Bullard, is a uh, WWE superstar, but also just a very good philanthropist, a good humanitarian. Does a lot of great stuff in the community, and he just knows a lot of people. So this got a lot of attention. Um, some congratulations were thrown TJ's way, and you know UCF got some some mentions from some celebrities, including Ken Jeong, Terry Crews, Wale, uh, Stephanie McMahon, Dave Bautista from uh, both WWE and Guardians of the Galaxy fame. Rob Gronkowski, and then countless uh, wrestlers in the WWE. So just pretty cool to see his name thrown around. And uh, another one was Alex Killorn from the Tampa Bay Lightning, and I personally invited him to a game in the future. I don't know if he's actually going to come. I'm sure he won't. He probably didn't even see that tweet, but just pretty cool to just see UCF out there like that. Uh, Another commitment this week was Lakeland defensive lineman KT Thompson. Another pretty big one. um, Had offers from Alabama, Auburn, Texas, Miami, Florida, and Florida State, among others. So I uh, feel like a pretty, pretty big get for Gus Melzon and his staff. Uh, recruiting seems to be going very well for them so far. Um, the Nicholson Fieldhouse is being renovated with what Terry Mohajer called one of the best turf systems in the country. So some more facelifts going on uh, around the kingdom and UCS facilities. Uh, Dylan Gabriel was named a preseason All-American Honorable Mention by Pro Football Focus uh, behind Spencer Rattler. Sam Howell and Derek King. Christian, can you tell me a, a notable name that was not included there?
1: Uh, I can't think of anybody important.
0: Okay, cool. Just just curious. Um, and finally, for football, I just found this interesting. This isn't necessarily like breathtaking news or anything, but uh, odds for UCF season opener against Boise State. According to betonline.ag, UCF opened at uh, 10.5 point favorites, and now they're down to 3.5 point favorites. So I don't know what happened. It's so drastic, uh, drastically changed that. But you know we're uh, we're getting closer, and I'm wondering if that's going to drop even more as we get. closer. Like get me,
1: off. they must have read the athletics day of the program <laughs> on the and become significantly more concerned
0: about the game. <laughs> it's very possible. Very possible. Uh, men's basketball. Former Knight A.J. Davis, uh, just recent recent night actually won a championship in the Dominican Republic this past week. Uh, he scored 26 points in the final clinching victory and was named uh, an all league player. So congratulations to him, always cool. Uh, it was a short season, but he, like, he, like he said, uh, when they were, he was asked about it, he said, whether it's a short season or a long season, I still wanna win a championship, championships or championships. So congratulations to him. In um, other men's basketball news, Darius Perry has reportedly withdrawn from the NBA draft and will return to college um, for another year. And you know, if you look at UCF's you know projected starting lineup right now for men's basketball this fall, um, looks pretty good. I'm getting pretty, pretty excited. Some expectations are starting to bubble up, uh, for that team. And I'm really excited about that. Uh, men's soccer, uh, former Knight Haji Berry was named to the USL championship team of the week for the second straight week. And plus this week, he was also the player of the week because he had four goals and two wins for the Colorado switchbacks, uh, and men's golf, which has, uh, other than football has the most news this week, three knights competed at the European amateur championship over the weekend. Uh, Newcomer Marcus Bradley shot eight under par for 14th place. He was the best finisher for the Knights. Uh, Clement Charmeson also shot uh, two over, finishing 55th and Teddy Tatak uh, failed to make the cut after finishing three over through three rounds. Uh, Former Knight Connor Arendelle qualified for the Rocket Mortgage Classic, which is happening uh, as we speak actually, Thursday through Sunday, um, a a big, big PGA Tour event. So congratulations to him. And finally a a transfer was added, uh, Luis Carrero, was from sam houston state added to the roster this week uh for the men's golf program and finally outdoor track and field jasmine scott kilgo won the long jump championship at the canadian olympic trials last weekend and um at the time we saw this uh, Renaya jones was being reportedly offered an endorsement deal which would make her uh was going to make her i thought i think the UCF, first ucf athlete to be paid under nil but with everything that's happened with dylan gabriel today i don't know if that deal has been announced officially whatever has happened but anyway Raniah jones um, i would assume is going to have a lot a lot of endorsements coming her way with the freshman season she just had but with that we will move into the drip you quiz sessions of course last week i had a monster week i went three and zero, feeling really good about it and now christian has promised to make it harder so we'll see how it goes this week
1: i decided to keep it simple okay by making it harder i have five questions for you five questions five questions it's in the theme of this podcast. Oh no. Give okay. me every combo that UCF has worn against USF since 2016.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: In order please. Let's start with 2016. <laughs>
0: they wore um It was a road game. Gold helmets helps. with the UCF with the Florida outline on it. That's correct. Um with Oh, I don't remember their actual uniforms. Mm. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Problem. It is a problem. Um they wore two- It's the only time they've ever worn this combo. Pewter jerseys, yep, and pewter pants. That's correct. Want to know okay. so far? All right, um, 2017. 2017, they Home wore game. black pants, the black knighthead head jerseys, uh-huh. and the black helmets with the the decal. Was that the one with the players in it? That is correct. Okay, all right, 2018. 2018 road game, road game. They wore the pewter helmets with like the players' individual state outlines in them. Yeah, white jerseys, mm-hmm. and black pants yes 2019 okay. oh wow 2019 um yep. they home wore game. yeah it was a home game uh it was a blackout okay is that right yeah okay what was the decal the decal oh dear um <laughs> does the decal count as part of this yes you've been oh. giving me the
1: decals and all the other well, yeah but that was it like was i thought was coming me bonus because I, I remember them Nope, decal's part of the combo.
0: Oh goodness. Um they wore the reflective UCF ones with the gold. Reflective gold. That is correct. And oh 2020. 2020. We were at this game. Well, I was at all those we games, were... but um, we were at this game. Let me think. They wore <sighs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> They wore... I can't
1: believe it's the one from like six months ago that's going <laughs> to trip
0: you up. Well, do you remember when we were at the uh, volleyball game a few months ago? I could not remember anything they wore in 2020.
1: That was why this whole quiz session thing became an idea from that yeah. volleyball conversation.
0: Um, they wore white jerseys. Yeah. Um, black pants. Yep. And black helmets. Yeah. With what decal? With the... Oh, I don't remember the decal whatsoever. <laughs> um, was it the the white the white vCF stack logo? no, oh my gosh, what was it? Ah, uh, you were so close. it was just the kernel deco the normal one. oh, that's stupid. yeah, that's too bad.
1: Well, you did a lot four and one that's a lot better than four and was one and one yeah, all right, now let's do Cincinnati are we nah, doing that kidding. for we'll okay we'll okay do we'll
0: do that next week oh i was worried okay so i'll i'll take four and one this week i yeah that's
1: better than that. i i was i did you were getting you got more confused the closer we got to present day
0: i wasn't anticipating that yeah because like we mentioned and we this kind of ties things back together the games more like a few years ago are games that i've revisited more in my mind than the last couple of years
1: I guess, but 2016 wasn't like a memorable game, and you were like, right, the gold helmet with the state defense.
0: I don't know why I remember that one so well. I was there, I was there covering – that was the first UCF game that I covered as a right. member of the media. I was known so at that game. I would say, I guess, maybe that's why I remember it so well. I don't know. I guess. Well, I probably, I wasn't, Well, if, if you will remember, I, I wasn't so confident in the – actual jerseys and pants they wore i was kind of guessing there but
1: yeah but P- pewter a pretty like i don't know why you w- you must have known because you wouldn't have guessed pewter like they don't wear pewter a lot
0: yeah i had like an image in my mind that i was like was that that yeah i guess so i guess i knew that one so yeah it's funny that i really 2020 i just yeah i, I can't remember anything i think this stuff's up my head i think that's like one of that might be the second to last
1: time they wore they like they don't wear the pewter pants and jerseys together often i think well have only done that like three times
0: did you what? What were your thoughts on the the gold pewter pewter look? Um, I did not like the decals on okay. the
1: helmet, but, like, but I thought the combo itself was nice. It was it's like a silver and gold look. I, I thought yeah, there was I more they could have done there down like, the road, but they never have come close to doing anything like that.
0: I'd like I mean, to see it again personally.
1: I actually like to see it with a black UCF decal because I think that would pop with the black mm. numbers on the pewter jerseys really well. I would
0: be interested in seeing that as well.
1: I think it could look cool. Just my, just my two cents.
0: Which everybody wants to know your two cents. So can, thank you for, I was going to say well, congratulations for providing it. But thank <laughs> you for providing it. Uh, with that, we uh, want to thank you guys so much for listening to episode 24. Of course, we'll be back next week with episode 25 of the Pegasus podcast. Uh, that one feels like a bigger one. I don't know why, to me, it feels bigger than 20. I guess just because it is a bigger number. But it feels like it's a quarter of a way to 100 episodes. That's pretty crazy. That is crazy. Um, but until then, uh, you can find us on Twitter at Bailey J Adams 22 at by CA Simmons and at night sports now. Once again, thank you guys so much for listening and we'll talk to you next week. Bye everybody.